She's on WordPress. She follows me, the exalted Zola. And I follow her. And this poem, she also goes by the name Verona, the rarity of paradise. And this is called, her name is Renee Verona. She wrote this five days ago. I'm just trying to give her credit, all right? And if I'm messing it up, I'm sorry, but this is the reality. And this is called A Cosmic Composition. Hello. Hello. Ergo. 
from your elusive side. Spun for the story, riddling nostalgia, and what seems to be a longing for the past. Yet, here we linger on a bypass. Comforted by a fashion held between the river, Belvedere in the bittersweet, Le Blanc, shadows to be forsaken. However, not the look of one who tires of her own beauty. Exhausted deeply by her own giving, gilded nature, prayer is this sight belonging to paradise hidden among the somber silhouettes found hugging this room. Therefore, a pristine essence seeps soundlessly out amidst thy lips, and I exist so inebriated merely by your presence. To what is a royal reverence in a verse? It seems purposefully blue. Much like the acoustics, singing a departing, says, la vie to, to what is life, I guess. To what is life? that we perceive and view, an eternal fantasy considering things to persist. However, the cavalier voice held by the Vox Populi whispers, solely of fantastic scores, were dancing ever solely towards a peaceful oblivion, situated among those evanescent memories, impersonating these candles that are gripping superficially to the night. Thus, I only know of this night. And of all of its philosophies and dreams. Hence, a metamorphosis as you are, my beloved Venus, embracing a shifting evening tide. Wakeful, although the buoyancy is slightly uneven. By reason, the Odds in which we may share this brief period containing lofty sentiments repeatedly can be counted as astral. Even so, ancestral art, the souls, and quantumly infinite, binary, enduring, having always together, thereby we should meet again, not by faith, rather by chance. According to a timely divine order that can be seen as happenstances. A miracle, one would say. Into the twilight we are set to converse our goodbyes. Those very short akin to these enchanting gaspers. And upon one your lipstick stains. The keepsake I am told. Whole colored, almost forgotten. Romance as an everlasting thought. Time, the blissful curse to whom I, to whom I am. To wait upon, yeah, I dropped you, my recorder, yes I did. 
time the blissful curse to whom I am to wait upon the adversary who stands during the daybreak as I stutter, stutter my unwanted adieu adieu I say obviously very melancholy and we try to give it all we can as far as being judicious in the reading of it because she did use pauses and whatnot and I gave it my best and I know John Coltrane always gives his best also. I hope you enjoyed it. Thank you for taking the time to listen. Martin Espinal, also known as the Exile of Jordan, or Popo 1720, you know, Mr. E from the New York City school system. Enjoy the rest of the evening. It's a Friday, yo. Thank God it's Friday. And thank God you're alive. Especially during these trying times. You know. I mean, what else can we say? It's that kind of year. It's that kind of uh, atmosphere. You know, one character that... uh, that is fictional but yet true is a character that I call Sunny City and uh, I have a series of stories and anecdotes and whatnot about his exploits in the city of New York this is a short story that I guess I'm going to share with y'all it's a Friday it's called El Cuervo takes a fall. Just for your general information, a cuervo is actually a crow. Okay? So, el cuervo is, if you translate it, it would be the crow takes a fall. So, anyway, here we go. Among many other characters that crossed Sunny City's path on a daily basis, there was one guy who elicited guffaws and laughter due to his attire. 
We called him El Cuervo, the crow. His preference, long coats and hats. Fedoras, if you will. Feathered and otherwise. In fact, El Cuervo, now that we think about it, resembled Kramer from the Seinfeld show. He had the same mannerisms, hands moving and frantic all the time. He had too much energy. One thing that you never saw El Cuervo without, a toothpick. El Cuervo always had a toothpick in his mouth. And when you ran into him and asked what he ate for breakfast, he would say, after taking a deep breath, seemingly recalling the wonderful experience, un bite de aire. Ah. A piece of air beefsteak. Now let's explain why the toothpick. The toothpick is crucial to the story. In Caribbean circles, you know, Dominicans, Jamaicans and whatnot, Puerto Ricans, Cubans and, you know, Caribbean folks, the toothpick represents eating, but more importantly, it means the recent consumption of food. Thereof, the need for a toothpick to rid ourselves of food matter that might have found its way between the teeth and gums. In the case of El Cuervo, we never saw him eat anything other than a patelito or two. Solid food never, because he was always too busy chasing powder and liquor. Well, on this particular evening, El Cuervo was in rare form. He had been swinging back shots of Agua de Coco, Barcelo, Dominican rum. The Sunny's sister sent us a gift from DR. El Cuervo was an obsequious hanger on who hung around Sunny waiting for the scraps to hit the floor. He was funny, but mostly we kept him around for sporting pleasure. As we were saying, El Cuervo was in rare form, drinking and sniffing while forgetting to eat solid food. <laughs> well, El Cuervo got so drunk that he began to make a nuisance of himself. Sonny told him to go home. So, Cuervo, he adjusted his feathered fedora hat and headed home. About five minutes passed when old man Jay came into the store and said that there was an old ball guy laid out around the corner. Cheeks and Elvis went to see and sure enough, this guy was out cold, his head bleeding as he had taken a fall when he reached for a missing railing which wrapped around the building on 172nd in Audubon 
Avenue. Elvis saw a hat on the ground and placed it on the man's head. Sure enough, you should have heard the surprise in his voice when he screamed, Pero, esto es el cuervo, señores. <laughs> but this is the crow, gentlemen. What? El cuervo. Okay, you see, we never knew that he was bald. Because he always kept his hat on. Inside and out. Imagine hanging with someone for years. And it never dawned on you that you don't really know the person. El Cuervo, with Sonny's assistance, received several thousand in insurance money, like over $7,000. He gave Sonny $500. And Cheeks and Elvis, who took him to the hospital and all that, you know, took him to the emergency room. You know, yeah, they were invited by El Cuervo to his house where he was celebrating with drinking music. You know, obviously this is after he had recovered, you understand? But no solid food anywhere in sight. For years, Elvis and Cheeks were pissed at El Cuervo for not giving them some of the money he got. But you know what? Those two always neglected to add that they dumped El Cuervo in the emergency room that night and went back to the bodega to laugh at El Cuervo's bald self and marvel at the fact that they never knew he was bald. <laughs> oh, my God. Until next time. Enjoy yourselves. Yo, I'm Blakey. You know what I'm talking about? And the Jazz Messengers. Music for the soul on a Friday night. Martin Espinal, Mr. E. The Exotic Zora. Se me cuidan. We're out, yo. Woohoo!